Good morning, Sunday, Sunday Zoom Church, January 23rd. Nope. You are my refuge. You are my strength. When I a song that my wife wrote like a few years back from the Psalms. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, House Church. Welcome to the service this morning. I'm so glad you're here. That was a song written by my, my beloved uh, wife, Tamara Lavac, a few years ago. And the chorus just basically goes like this. Take me up your holy mountain, past the place where kings have stood. For just when I believe I'm broken, 
your word, your love reminds me that I am good. And that's what we're here to do today is remind one another that we are not the worst thing that has ever happened to us or that we've ever done in our lives. We are here as a new creation called into the possibility of Christ. And we gather in this spirit of peace and spirit of love to remind one another that we have a hope and we have a future. I, in typical fashion, just like we were back in the, in the church, I'm going to play a part of that song just one more time now that you know the words so that you can sing along with it and create an atmosphere of praise in your own, in your own space. There's a scripture over there, I think in the Psalms that says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And uh, so I'm, I'm not going to make us listen to the whole thing, but I want us to, to, uh, to listen to just a portion of that again and sing along with me as you get your praise on in your own atmosphere. Yes, again, I receive those words. I know that you do as well. Man, the thing that I need when I believe that I have failed, that I am not enough, that I am behind in my goals, is to have a little joy and laughter, <laughs> to not take myself so seriously, and to let myself shake it out a little bit, and remember that I am being raised, and I am the beloved in Christ. And that doesn't just mean that, okay, God loves me, I got that, Bonnie, can't we move on? Not till you get it. Not till you get it. 
We're going to keep saying it until we all get it deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into our psyche. Well, House Church's mission is to connect people with God, the God that is on the inside of them, and with each other, their community, in an atmosphere of love and grace. As a faith community, we are committed to living relationally according to the values of our ethos. Married, divorced, and single here, it is one family that mingles here. Conservative and liberal here, we've all got to give a little here. Doubt and believe here, we all can receive here. LGBTQIA plus and straight here, there's no hate here. Woman, man, and trans here, every gender, binary, or non, you can here. Whatever your race here, for all of us, a place here. Rich or poor here, class differences dissolve here able-bodied or differently abled, you're part of the body of Christ in here. Neurodivergent or neurotypical, you have the mind of Christ in here. Popular and accepted or outcast and rejected, we all belong in Christ here. In imitation of the extravagant love God has for each of us and all of us, let us live in love the best we can by putting people first and labels second. Let it be done and let it be so. And the people say, Amen. Well, good morning again. This indeed is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us thank God for our many blessings, all of which have led us to this moment together with this technology for such a time as this. We gather in a spirit of peace. Everybody say, Peace. Say, peace be in me. Just let your body feel that. Let the peace of God settle you down. We gather in a spirit of peace to remember why we are here, to learn about our life in Christ and why it matters, and to remind one another of who we are and whose we are. Yes, yes. You can expect about an hour together. And so try to give your attention to this hour. This is for you. This is to get some spiritual refreshing, some nourishment in your own spirit and soul to booster you, to bolster you, to help get you through this week. Not that we're just trying to get through wishing our lives away, but that we would feel a sense of coming to the table, that it would feel somewhat like the Lord is our shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures and leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over, prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. It's that kind of table that we are called to. That kind of table that we're called to over and over again. There's an old song. It's an old, old song. You know, I'm going to sing it. It says, come and dine, the master's calling, come and dine. You can feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitude turns the water into wine. To the hungry calleth now. Come and dine. Come on, everybody. Come and dine. Come and dine. You can feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitude turned the water into wine. To the hungry calleth now. Come and dine. We can't go back into the past and change it. And we can't live in the future except a torment in our mind. We can live there if we want to, but all we have is right now. We have right now. There is one that can cross the boundaries of time, and that is the Lord Jesus, our one that is calling us to this year of resurrection. Yeah, thanks for letting me sing that old little, that little ditty. <laughs> so we have some announcements. The, the church is a mess, okay? Not this 
physical body gathering of the church, but the physical building is an absolute mess. Um, the remodeling is still going on. And if you've ever been a part of a remodeling project, you know that it always goes double the time and double the money, right, of what you had planned. So we're not going to go back to church this coming Sunday, as I had thought we would. Uh, we still need to clean and get things ready. The children's church is just not ready at all. Um, they've been using our children's areas as a staging room. So all the sheetrock and the ceiling tiles and everything, every Lego, every book, everything is covered in dust. It's awesome. So we're going to have to clean it and get ready. So we need another week. So let's just call January just a wash. Okay. It's, it, we've had amazing times together on Zoom. I have loved these times together on Zoom with you guys. It has actually restored my soul. So I'm happy to be here and on this platform. And I will be happy to go back in physical space where we have to put our masks back on. And But we get to, to touch each other and feel the chemistry of being in each other's space. So hear it again. One more Zoom church. And then in February, we'll start it up. Okay. Cool, cool. Um, I believe that in a large part, you know, we're, the maps are still red. I mean, Omicron has gone through our church and basically all of us are getting over it. We're, we're basically coming out of that hell that was COVID um, in house church, but there's so many other communities that are being hit with it right now. So I think it's also just smart that we stay. And I always, again, if we're able to do it like this, we should out of an act of love for our neighbor, not an, uh, an act of fear. Um, and this community really shows up for each other. Thank you. Special thanks for all the healthy folks and all the people who have sent cards and, and greeting cards and continue to say healing prayers um, for all of us as we continue to emerge and get our strength back. Um, thanks for those who marched to Martin Luther King Jr. Day. That was a fun march, a fun time. And thank you again for giving to the ministry. I did want to say just a little uh, bit of housekeeping. Um, the, the finance um, folks will be getting out the um, end of year giving um, so look for your emails, look in your emails for that statement of your giving for last year so that you can get credit on that on your taxes. And also um, you give through the, the Tithely app or on the website, but you can set up uh, recurring giving so that you don't even have to think about it. And I know that's really helpful for a lot of people. So just keep that in mind. And you can give on that, on that app, you could give through a bank account or through um, a credit card. And the banking account information actually it reduces the fees. So I wanted you to know that if you're giving a larger amounts, it's nice to not have it taken in fees. All right, so this year is the year of our, I almost said rising, but no, that was 2019. This is the year of our resurrections. Oh man. And uh, we are calling for that. And uh, Heidi, if you would join me in the space. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Hello, everyone. Talk to us. So good to see all of you this morning. Y'all look great. I've been really enjoying the Zoom this month, too. It's been really fun. It's been really good to see everybody and to hear from everybody. I am... Um, I don't have a scripture that I want to share with you this morning, but I do have some encouraging words, words that I hope will be an encouragement to you. There's kind of been a theme throughout what Bonnie's been saying this morning about being at the table. And um, I want to encourage you this morning to really picture yourself being at the table together and taking your place at the table and knowing that that's your spot that place is just for you. That seat has been saved just for you. And that all of the good and awesome and amazing things that God has for us today are for you specifically. And I want to encourage you today to have a heart that's open to receive, um, receive love and grace and mercy and all the things that you might need, encouragement, whatever it is. I know that it's going to be fantastic service today. I know that we have some really wonderful um things to share with each other today. So I'm super excited about that. And I also wanna say that you are seen and you are heard and you are loved and you are valued and you are an important part of this body. Every single one of us are an important part of this body and I love you. And with that said, I would like to pray. Take a minute, just get settled into your,
space. It's centered. Faithful one, our loving God, our creator, we gather today in your name and all of your holy names. We take pause today and consider with wonder the compassionate love that you lavish on each and every one of us. We come with hearts lifted in gratitude, with listening ears, with open minds. We come with desire to know you better and we take our seat at the table. Establish us in your love today, your enduring and inclusive love. Your love, which never fails, is far-reaching. May we be rooted and grounded in this love. Father, thank you for peace and presence in our atmospheres. Thank you for manifestations of healing in our bodies, God. Thank you for communing with us today as we feast on your word. And we thank you that you are with us in all things. However we are in this moment today, you are with us. Holy Spirit, illuminate our hearts and open our understanding to your truth. I pray, God, that you would renew, that you would restore, that you would reignite, that the, the flame within us would be fanned today. And ask all these things in all the holy names of God. Amen. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you. We received that prayer. Mm -hmm. Right. I think we do have some extra special words from Amber today. So Amber, go ahead. I will ask you to unmute. I think I have to do that. And let us hear your voice. Everybody say, what's up, Amber? Wave at Amber. Some of y'all wouldn't be here if it weren't for Amber. You know, oh. that's right, huh? Everybody wave oh. if you're like, I come here for Amber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people are, are turning on their video going, that's me. <laughs> oh, come on, that's not true. <laughs> so speak to your friends. <laughs> Hi, friends. Um, Bonnie asked me to share something with you all this morning that I had been talking to her about for a few weeks. Um, and then I, I can give you my peace blessing after that. Um, this kind of sets up part of the peace blessing, but um, there's a story of a man who was paralyzed and his friends took him to Jesus to ask for his healing. And it's in three different places in scripture, but I'm going to read to you out of Luke. And this is in Luke five. Um, I'm going to start in 17. One day when Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and legal experts were sitting nearby. They had come from every village in Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. Now the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal. Some men were bringing a man who was paralyzed, lying on a cot. They wanted to carry him in and place him before Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they took him up on the roof and lowered him, cot and all, through the roof tiles into the crowded room in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. So the reason that meant so much to me and impacted me is because talking about prayer and, and taking my friends to the roof and sometimes needing my friends to take me to the roof. So when you're feeling paralyzed, you can't believe for something for yourself. You, you need something. You need God to move in your, in your world. Um, you need to surround yourself with the kind of friends that are going to pick you up on that cot, get you to the roof and do whatever it takes to get you in front of Jesus. And he didn't say to the man, your faith has made you well. He said, your friend's faith has made you well. It was that, that coming together, that community, lifting that, that man up and taking him before Jesus and believing for his healing that Jesus was so moved by with compassion. And so Sometimes you just, you know, there's stuff I can't believe for myself for um, different times. And I'm sure you all have that experience. And so as Bonnie keeps talking about prayer and how it changes the atmosphere, it changes our communities and our cities. That's the kind of prayer that makes that change is when we carry each other 
Um, so I just wanted to encourage you, encourage you all to really do that. And if you can't say anything else, text a friend and say, Hey, take me to the roof. And now everybody, at least that's on this call is going to know exactly what you mean. Um, I'm always willing to take you to the roof and I know everybody else on here would probably agree. So, um, don't forget to do that for each other. So Bonnie, did you have anything to add to that before I read my peace blessing? I love that. Take me to the roof because sometimes we're paralyzed. We don't know which way to go. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that we're paralyzed physically, but in some cases, maybe we are. And mm -hmm. fear can paralyze us. Fear paralyzes us in our mind. In sales, we always used to say a confused mind always says no. And that's mm -hmm. exactly true. If you don't know, if you're not clear, you really are stuck. And I want this community to be the kind of community that says, take me to the roof. Lower me down when I can't lower myself down. Let Jesus speak the words of life over me. Let rise. Take up your bed and walk. Mm -hmm. that's, your, that's in the mental space. We don't always take these things literally. If you've been listening to Bob James for any length of time, you know that the scripture is parable. The scripture is meant to unfold like a flower before us. It doesn't need to be stuck in the black and white. Years ago, I was really um, wrestling with my own theology and trying to understand if I believed the creation stories in the first few chapters of Genesis. Anybody ever been there? I was, trying, I was struggling with whether I believed it, you know, did it happen just like that? And I, I have a, a really um, smart uh, geologist friend and he lives out at Lake Keystone. And he said, Bonnie, don't limit the creation story to just what we read in the first couple of chapters of Genesis. It was far more expansive than that. And when he said it like that, it gave me a world of possibility that we get these things that writers have written and they're breathed on by the Holy Spirit in real time to come alive for us today, not to be stuck on the page in bound time, but to come alive within our spirits, our souls today. The Bible is far too important to be taken literally. Yeah, go ahead, Amber. Thank you for sharing that. <clears throat> yeah, you're welcome. Peace to those who love someone who is sick right now from COVID or the flu or some chronic illness that never seems to loosen its grip. The body of Christ was given for them and for you. Peace to the ones who live on memory lane because you think it's the only place you can see the ones you miss again, or maybe you're trying to undo what's been done. For you, I pray the courage to turn a corner and see what manner of joy now awaits you down the next avenue. Peace to those who have been haunted by old words from the schoolyard. Red Rover, Red Rover, send blank right over. But you do not have to wait for your name to be called to prove your strength and join hands here. For you already belong in the line of Christ. Peace to the ones who have recently been rejected by a simple word or a lack of response or an outright turning away. For you, I pray a surprisingly soft landing and the wisdom to always choose yourself. Peace in the tiny thing that recently broke you after staring down all of the big things. The hangnail or the text message or the shirt shrinking in the wash. May Jesus, son of David, have mercy in the breaking and may all your favorite clothes fit. Peace to you like being validated by a friend, by yourself, by God, like a walk at the river in 70 degrees in the sun at your back, like a negative COVID test, clear lungs, and the ability to breathe through your nose. Peace to you like pulling that long time hurt up by the roots so it cannot continue to grow like figuring out exactly how to ask for what you need and then having those needs met, like the perfect bowl of warm soup on a snowy day. Peace, like when your friends lower you through the roof to get to Jesus when you are too paralyzed to do it on your own. And then he says, their faith has made you well. So don't forget to take one another to the roof this week. You are each one, the beloved in Christ. Peace.
all of the hands are up and I am speechless. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for how you work through Amber. We just love it. We love how you work through all of us, the words that are spoken. So grateful. So, so grateful. Bob, I know that you are a victor, a champion, a champion in Christ over sickness. Um, but I, I didn't want to sail past you without asking you if you did want to say anything. And if not, that's quite okay. Everybody just lift your, extend your hands toward Bob. Bob is really, really, really fighting a sickness in his lungs. And he can't even talk right now without uh, really causing some pain and some, some coughing. So we just send all of these hands, Bob. We just send them to you, our love and our energy, our healing. Jesus the Christ heals you, Bob. And the strength of the faith of this community, we lower you through the roof. And we thank you for a good report. And we love you so much. And we love your gospel. And we love how you see God and how you have taught us to see God. We love you so much. So we receive that for all of us. Yeah, hearts for Bob and for Kelly. Kelly, we love you so dearly. And we will miss your voices in the space today. I almost printed out uh, an old uh, gospel and read it on your behalf, but I, I didn't. So <laughs> you, you would have been okay with that. Yeah, yeah. But um, those are yours. And so, hallelujah, yeah, all of us are healed in the presence. You know, sometimes things happen deep in the water of your soul. And if you're not paying attention, it can go right past you. You can have a moment just like this, that feels very ordinary or very much on the schedule. But we are called to see differently. We are called in Christ to see the new creation. We've been calling this the year of our resurrections, the year of dry bones rattling, like actually things that are really dead in your life that you may have even forgotten about. I am calling for that spirit of Christ to call that up. To call it awake. I stand solidly in the office of a prophet when I preach these messages. I usually stand before you as pastor, as protector, as feeder, as guide, as follow me on the way. Follow me. I'm holding the sign of hope. Follow me. I'm leading you to green pastures to feed you. But these, this month, I have sensed a different spirit about me. And in actuality, I'm living it. I'm becoming this message. It's happening to me on the weekdays. It's happening to me in my, on ordinary time. I'm finding myself being raised in a way that the word I'm speaking is actually working on me. It's working on me as if I were the one standing outside of myself, listening to myself minister the message, because the message really, I believe, is coming from the spirit. And I've been receiving it. Receiving it in moments of my life. And so I'm calling these things forward and speaking them into your life. Some would say that if someone doesn't speak it, if a preacher doesn't preach, then how can we believe and grab hold? How can we know what we're to expect? We need someone guiding us, speaking into our lives, what's possible. We've been in the text in Acts 10 about Peter having a vision on the rooftop. Peter having a vision on the rooftop at his friend's house that was by the sea, Simon the Tanner, he was there. Peter went up on the rooftop to pray. 
and he had a vision. Three times a vision came to him and showed him something different. And that word that is usually translated in our English Bibles is a, the word trance, that, that Peter fell into a trance, it says. But that word in the Greek is actually ecstasy or ecstasis. To be a little to the side of, ek, like ecclesia, to have a remnant, not to be the remnant, to be the church, the called out ones. The ecstasy that he had an ecstasy of mind, an ecstasis, something out of the ordinary, something a little left of center, I've been saying, to be eccentric, to be a little left of what is ordinary. And Peter saw a new way of including more people in the gospel. Now, we talk a lot at House Church about inclusion and drawing the circle wider. We talk a lot about God loving everyone and calling everyone and having God's home in everyone. And sometimes I think those words can feel vanilla. And they don't pack the punch that they need to really get into the granularity of our existence. Because if we're really honest with ourselves, we still have barriers about who God blesses and who God withholds blessings from. We have barriers and judgments in our mind and about if God can, can love the most, uh, I guess, evil, we would say in, in, some, in some vernacular, the most evil or wretched or parts of ourself that we really are disgusted with. We, we think that the, we say it's everyone, but when it comes to the particular person, we, I think, have parts of ourselves that we hide from God, that we want to clean up before we present to God. And this ecstasy of mind that Peter experienced on the rooftop while Peter presented himself to prayer, and that's really what we talked about last week, this altered state, A-L-T-A-R, the altar state the one where you get in position to hear something from God or speak something out towards your well-being, toward your goodness, to get the mind of Christ on a matter. We, we have to go to that rooftop. That's the, if, you're, if you have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is speaking to the church. There's something about rooftops in the atmosphere today. <laughs> <laughs> let me just get real, let me captain obvious for us. It's something about rooftops. It's something about going higher. It's something about getting a new perspective, something about positioning yourself to hear and see something new that what Peter heard was something that would have been abhorrent to him in his religious experience to rise, kill and eat. And he says, not so Lord, I have never eaten anything unclean. If you know the story, I've never eaten anything unclean. Because in his religious practice, things were clean and things were unclean. Things were ceremonially clean and acceptable and things were not. If you remember in any of your, in, in our past, we had things that were sinful and things that were not. Come on, my, my former religious folks. You had things that were morally unacceptable and things that were, were not, right? You, you have this sin-focused religious message in most of our religions that's what it is it's it's these are the things that are wrong with you or these are the things that are outside of the approved moral code and in order to be in line with this religious narrative you've got to do these things and don't do these other things like for sure don't smoke because definitely, if you smoke, <laughs> come on, this is sarcasm. I'm, I'm joking, and I see Hank's to I see Hank's fingers up. Hey, happy birthday, Hank! By the way, and uh, 
And happy birthday to Sean yesterday. I saw that. Somebody else, I think, is having birthdays. But um, yeah, you it's a sin-focused message. They can take a, a certain kind of speaker and a certain kind of preacher and a certain kind of minister can take any scripture in the whole Bible and make it about sin and make it about, see, this is how a holy God who is sinless and expects the bride to be sinless and expects her to be without spot or wrinkle, who cannot stand the sight of sin. God is holy and must be revered as the king of majesty on high. And God has stooped so low to come to his creation to scoop our sad, sinful, worthless selves off the floor of our maggot-ridden existence and maybe prop you up for a couple of hours until you wretched thing you sinned again. And there you go back in your cesspool of your putrid dumpster diving life. This is how religion makes us feel that God is barely, barely saving our terrible selves. I, I, I don't actually listen to people who talk this way, but often in my ministry and work, I get sent things of other people talking that way. And it is appalling to me because I'm so in the water of knowing that the Lamb of God, the Jesus, the Christ has taken away the sin of the world, that Jesus, the Christ has once and for all absorbed and taken the sickness of the world and the disease of the world and the, the sin of the world. I'm so in that faith that when I see others focusing on people's behavior or lifestyle choices, it just, it goes like, I'm like, what? Are you not reading? Are you not seeing? Did, did the Lord not show you how beautifully accepted, wonderfully invited, absolutely wanted, totally worthy <laughs> that you are in Christ? That is the real message. This is not just some like sort of new age, um, I don't know, like I, I often say kind of blowing smoke up the, you know, I, it's not that. It, it's not really like too syrupy sweet. Like this is actually how God wanted to be in relationship with all of us all the time for all time. We actually did get this beautiful narrative of being in relationship with the spirit that religion wants to hack into and separate and divide us from. A regular religion, you know what I'm saying? Everybody has a different definition when I say religion because you might think that you're part of the house church religion, but you're not. You're part of a family, you're part of a community and every single one of us have different beliefs and different ways of, of expressing our beliefs. But we, we all sit in, in a center point, at least from this preacher's mouth, we are going to center our faith and our life on Jesus. Center our faith and our life on the Christ. Jesus, the Christ, the son of the living God. Yeah, that one. That's the one that I will always and forever preach in this house. So don't think that I'm being mamby-pamby about this stuff or saying that you can go out and do whatever you want to do. The reality is you already do whatever you want to do. You don't need me to tell you you can. The situation here is that sin has been actually taken out of the equation. Okay, it's a new way of counting. When, when Jesus, when God became a man in Jesus, time forever changed. The way that we count time forever at that point changed. Think about it. Come on, think about it. For Forever and ever, we were counting time like this. Come on. And then Jesus came. And now we count time like this. We, we, we completely reverse the way that we count time. 
You see, when I say that Jesus took sin out of the equation because God's, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away. Come on, say take away. It, it's, it's out. Like it's no longer a factor. It no longer impacts the sum total. It, it, it's out. It's out of the equation. It's not even like, well, God forgave me, and so now my sins are zero. It, it, it isn't even there. Because zero will factor equations differently. The way God does your math now is all based on the accounting of Jesus. So we counted time one as this way. Now Jesus comes in, in flesh. God becomes flesh. And now we start counting this way. So that is how humanity, BCE, okay, and AD or CE, Okay, even, even in, in our academia, where BCE and CE, even if you don't want to be BC and AD, there's still a change. <laughs> Something happens where you're counting one way, and then you're counting another way. What, what do I, where are my arms right now? The cross made a difference, guys. The cross made a difference, and the cross didn't just make a difference for me so that I can go to heaven when I die. That is what religion would say is that the cross was your fire insurance. The cross is so that, that this holy, very holy, very sterile, very white, holy man God can love you and accept you and forgive you and give you a home with him in eternity in heaven. That's traditional evangelicalism. That is not what I preach. Did, have you noticed that? Have you noticed it's a different one? Okay, so we're not talking about going to heaven when you die. We're talking about Jesus forever making a difference for all of humanity to count time differently. We no longer fight sin or try to get sin eradicated from our life. There's a psalm that says that, that like a flame to a wax candle, so is the Lord's spirit to, all, to us. It just is. The flame to a wax candle, what does it do? It just starts to melt it away. It starts to melt it away. See, typical religion wants to fight it away, wants to manipulate you to behave a certain way or do certain things because then you'll gain God's approval or others' approval who have better sway with God, who can pray for you so that you can be more blessed. All of this sort of tangled up stuff in the way we believe some people's prayers have more weight while other people's don't, or we think that they have more influence and maybe we don't, or we've been too uh, bad or we've done too many things wrong or in our, in our lives that, that God is just barely listening to us. And the reality is, is that in Jesus, we really did become a new creation. There really is a new way of telling time. So this is where this forgiveness piece comes in. When you have a new way of telling time and forgiveness doesn't just mean that it turns to a zero. It means as if, like what Heidi just said, it's as if Sin never existed. It takes what you had all tied up in your past or tied up in your soul that you just can't let go of. And like the peace blessing said, that maybe this God would rip up that trauma by the roots. Yeah, that's redemption. That's the salvation story. Like that's actually the thing. It's not that it just sort of covers it up and you can see that it was there and you have a scar. In God's mind, you're, the accounting is completely what Jesus, if Jesus is clear, you're clear and he is and you are because he is now the Lord. He is the one that is the creative. He created a brand new race in him. Galatians 3.28 says there in Christ is neither Jew nor Greek. That means there's no race distinction. There is neither slave nor free. That means there's no social and economic distinction. There is neither male nor female. That means there's no gender distinction. For you are all one in Christ. This is actually a new family and a new building, a new creation that actually, actually, actually happened. <laughs> it's, a, it's a real reality. And so as we become awake to it, then we step into it. If you want to say it, you get born again. 
but you get born again and again. Every time your eyes are open, every time you renew your mind, every time that you're aware that you are really, really in, that you are really, really worthy, that your sin has actually been taken out of the equation, now we begin to treat ourselves differently. And then we begin to treat others differently. That's actually what changes the world. When we receive ourselves as the loved ones, then we can take our moral judgments away from others and allow them to come forward and flourish in ways that God can only bring them to flourish and bring them to health. There is a spiritual um, strength that comes against injustice. There is a spiritual strength that says, no, that's enough to abuse. There is a spiritual strength that comes to that. I, I am not suggesting that you should not um, light your candle in the midst of an abusive, dark situation and let that candle melt that wax of whatever that is that is going on because abuse and misuse and discrimination and prejudices must cease, but it's not because we're fighting against it. It's because we're lighting a candle. We're lighting our candle. We're showing up in the midst of the darkness and God does what God does and melts that thing that was once so rigid and unchangeable, that was once solid, becomes melty. And then another pair of distinctions are added in Colossians 3.11. Here there cannot be, this is all Paul's writing, here there cannot be Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Circumcised and uncircumcised, what does that mean? Outer religious distinctions. Barbarian, Scythian, cultural distinctions. In Christ, there cannot be race, social and economic, sex, outer religious signs of cultural distinction. There are these distinctions that we see with our natural eyes and we need to be aware of them and proud of them and own our identities, absolutely. But when it comes to who can be accepted or blessed by God, all are in Christ. All are made worthy. All have been made good in Christ. All have the possibility of counting a new way and counting time differently. This is what happened to Peter on the rooftop. This is what happened. He said, yes, all are in. Yes, I now see that God plays no favorites. Yes, I now see that. That's what he says. I now see that my way, my particular brand of religion isn't the only one that God visits. I see it. And this makes me excited because forgiveness and inclusion is no longer just barely eking into an, an acceptable place with God or an acceptable relationship with God. It's an all out wash of a completely new life in Christ. Every day we awake to those new mercies. Every day that's available to us. And I say that when I see the cross, I'm seeing that time has changed forever. Time for me has changed forever. What was so knotted up in my past, in an instant can be loosed. In an instant can be untied with the redeeming work of Jesus. And those people, you see, Everybody has that available to them. Whether or not they opt in is a totally different deal. Totally different deal. But sin is no longer the focus. Do you see that? Sin is no longer the focus. It becomes Jesus the Christ, who we have been made in him, the reconciliation that we have in him, the peace that we have with God in him. That becomes the focus, not about whether you smoke you smoking is your business with your lungs. It is not an eternal, does not make or break where you spend eternity. It just doesn't, guys, ever. Now you fill in the blank on whatever it is that was the sin that your parents or your pastor or your friends tell you that, well, that is just, that's just unacceptable. A holy God cannot stand in your presence. God, God turns his back on you when you do fill in the blank. 
Heidi's shaking her head because she never been told that. But there's a lot of us on this call, not with me, if you've been told that, that God like kind of leaves the room or God turns his back or God just his hands of blessing are tied. <laughs> that was a big one. I always had the hands of God's hands of blessing are tied. It's like, who, who? No, it's just not the truth. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have passed away and behold, all things have become new and we are resurrected in Christ Jesus. Would you grab up your communion stuff with me as we let that settle and sit? That was a lot. That was a lot of stuff, but we are continuing to, to get in this ecstasy of mind where we don't see the way that the world sees. We see the way God sees. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Think of your communion. We we come to this table <clears throat> um, and dine. The master's calling. Come and dine. Jesus is calling. Come and dine. The one is calling. Come and dine. We can feast at Jesus' table all the time. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And guys... Our enemies so often are the ones in our head. So take up your communion, close your eyes, think about the things that you fight on a regular basis. Think about the things, the thoughts, the people, the conversations that you fight, the way you fight yourself. Now I want you to imagine lighting the candle, the candle, the light of Christ Jesus. And what happens to that stiff and rigid thing it begins to melt in the presence of the Lord. On the night that Jesus was sitting at dinner with his friends, that night that he was betrayed by them, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. As often as you eat this, remember me, house church, take and eat the body of Christ. That body of Christ is healing. It is healing personified. And then after the dinner, he took up the cup and he said, this is actually happening. I am creating a new covenant, a new creation in my love. And you are part of it. You are included. As often as you drink this, Remember the new covenant and the new creation that you belong to. You belong, house church, take and drink the blood of Christ. Take a few moments to think about some things that you fight. Is that candle still burning that we lit just a moment ago? Let that candle continue to burn within your heart, within your soul. Think about a couple of places in your life that are all knotted up. Think about the ways in which you have twisted yourself into a knot. Can you let the warmth and the light of the candle begin to undo that? Can you let the reality of the redemption of the one, the one that really has called you into a new covenant, into a new creation, can you let that one untie those knots and completely wash it away and let a new life come in its place. One that is not twisted, one that is not knotted up. I pray for you, my friends. I pray that you would know, that you would know how in you are and how 
beloved you are and that that love and that grounding in love would permeate and inform every decision that you make in your life. I pray that you would be a receiver, a really, really good receiver of the grace of God. And that you would know and feel that God really wants you and enjoys you. I pray that every bad and negative, disrespectful word that's ever been spoken over your life, I pray that it would be eradicated, that it would die, that it would no longer bear any fruit, and that in its place, the life of Christ would be made large. The love of God would grow large in you. I pray for you for that. I want that for you. I want you to be infused with the life of God. Like you've never been infused before. Amen. God, we thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for this word today. Oh, yeah. I see that candle. Yeah. And so, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. In this is love, not that we love and impress God, but that God loves us and gave God's self to be the mercy seat for our sin. In light of this glorious truth, let us be tenderhearted toward one another and forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has abundantly forgiven us. And as we have freely received, let us go and freely give God bless you, House Church, this hour and every hour of your day. I look forward to seeing you back here next Sunday.